Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! Alright, what is going on everybody? Welcome to episode 6 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not marijuana, but weed is tight. My name is Joey Belfiore and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how you doing? Uh, weed is tight. I think it's uh, a little necessary too to calm the nerves. Uh, I'm yeah. doing okay. I'm doing okay and excited to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh boy. Yeah, funny how uh, last time we talked, it was a fun road trip, a great successful road trip and then yeah. four losses in a row. The Leafs are kind of swimming right now. Um, yeah. Kind of swimming, and it. I don't know if it's like I'm not gonna. This isn't like a panic button thing for me. This is no. like, oh my god, like the world is on fire. It's still fine. They're still fourth in the Atlantic. Like this, mm-hmm. this is fine. Yes, it is generally early. It just more makes your blood boil when you're like, we still haven't seen what we want to see yet. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, like this whole podcast is designed to be. You know, we're two eternal optimists that want to have fun cheering for the Maple Leafs, losing four in a row doesn't make it fun i'll give you that but it also at the same time i don't want to start like baby up with the bathwater here and go like well this season we're in trouble it's like it's it's uh it was october it's now early november and i think they have some stuff to figure out but even even us here they got some stuff to figure out yeah a lot of stuff i I mean yeah i kind of talked about it the last couple weeks just basically being like where is that complete 60 where's that game it hasn't happened yet. We're 11 games in. Yeah. We have not seen a full 60 game yet. We haven't seen a game that the Leafs, you can walk away from that game and be like, wow, that was a great dominant win. Hasn't yes. happened yet. Yes. No, it hasn't. And we've seen a few, we'll, you know, we'll get to this later in the NHL news, but we've seen some games from some teams being just complete ass kickings. And yes, if we played the San Jose Sharks, I hope we get to see that too. But <laughs> I, I, I understand that like we have played some good teams and we should have had opportunities, but it is usually one area of our team that is showing up and the other areas are not. And that, that leads to a very disjointed uh, game that we've been seeing. You know what I mean? You can even look at the most recent one in Buffalo and, and you know, the offense was there. We scored a bunch of goals, but you, you, you give up just as many, you give up five and you're going to be in trouble. Like there's just no way around that. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone all week wants to clamor about the first line and, and yes. where is Matthews and Marner? And then that line goes out and dominates and four goals from that line. And yeah, nothing nothing from anyone else so it it just is like yeah it's it's getting everything working together i'm not sure if that's like gonna come it's gonna come but it's like how long can we wait here because yeah you can give the the three four five six games like still working out the kinks but here we go like game 11 and it hasn't happened yet like the closest thing we've had was against dallas dallas yeah still had a pretty awful second period so i just want to see a dominant win man I know. And you know what? Like, that's the thing. So we'll talk about the Buffalo game here just a little bit. But like, we scored a bunch of goals and you watch that and you go, yes, that that could happen on any night. There's enough talent on this team that offensively we could just dominate and score, you know, seemingly at will. The defensive side of it, where we have had some strong defensive games or goaltending, where we've had some strong uh, goaltending games, excuse me. uh, Those are the ones where you're like. I don't know if we're going to see this night tonight. And I don't know where the light is at the end of the tunnel, especially when it comes to defense uh, right now, because there are some stuff and, you know, <laughs> defending is like uh, refereeing where you only notice it when it's really, really bad. Yeah. And there was some stuff in that Buffalo game where you're like, Oh wow. Okay. Wh- who were you covering exactly? Yeah. It's actually kind of funny because 
before the Buffalo game, when I was prepping for this episode, I was like, I was ready to just kind of be like, I don't understand the insane Klingberg hate. Like I, I, I understand, you know, people expected him to be pretty piss poor defensively coming into the season yes. and, yes. and everyone likes to jump on him and everyone has jumped on him. But I thought in the Boston game, he played all right. I thought he was a little indecisive on that first goal, but I yep. thought he made some yep. great defensive plays, great off- offensive plays. He was the only one to do anything to Brad Marchand. Uh, but then yep. Buffalo happened and yikes, I can't Ooh. like, there's nothing I can really say other than he looked completely lost last night. Uh, a few goals were directly his fault. Yes. Um, I mean, Again, we've talked about this this massive slap shot from the point. Where is it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I know. I know. It's starting to worry me that you're like he's getting older and you're like, "Okay, he still has it, right?" Like, why isn't he uh why isn't he uncorked a few yet? You know, and it's not to say that like offensively, you know, as much as you want to read the articles about how uh, there's an offensive struggle and stuff like that. There really isn't. They've looked really good. The power plays look pretty dominant even if there is a slight slip from last year's, you know, high-end numbers. Uh, that part I'm not worried about, but yes, he came with this shot and it's 11 games in. Why haven't, why haven't we seen it? Cause that, that has to be for him to get the minutes he's getting. It has to be a huge element of his game because of the defensive, uh, lapses. I'm going to generously call them. Uh, so you got, we got to see all the tools in the toolbox there. Yeah. I mean, like one of the silver linings of the Klingberg signing was the fact that he can control the power play and bring that threat from the point, which Riley yes. who controls a great power play doesn't bring that shot threat from the point. No. So when Klingberg isn't doing that, then you just have Morgan Riley, a worse Morgan Riley. You know what I yes. mean? Leading yeah. your power yeah, play yeah. one. So the whole excitement of, yeah, we're going to, this is going to take our power play over the top. It just, it hasn't happened yet because this shot just doesn't exist. Where is the bomb, John? Where is the bomb? <laughs> oh, good. We just found the title of the episode. I, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's just, I, I completely agree with you. And it's, and now to the point that we're doing that, and I guess we could talk about some injuries as well on the defense, but mm-hmm. is that, is that we're already having this conversation 11 games in going, we need to find help defensively. And yes, a little bit of that is injuries, but also we're not getting what we thought out of the current defenseman that we have, at least healthy ones. How about that? Because, you know, Lilligren got hurt the other day and he was playing great. Yeah, Lilligren was playing very, very well. Let's Fuck. talk about that injury. That was uh, <laughs> Damn it. brutal. Yeah, um, a lot to unpack here with this injury. I mean... Mm-hmm. Everyone's seen the play over and over. Was it dirty? Was it not dirty? I mean, I think we know both our answers here. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think the 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 trail of uh, of bodies behind Brad Marchand says differently that I think he loses the benefit of the doubt. How about that? Yeah. Um, and if, rat, if you didn't see Brad Marchand. Killer. Yeah, right. Oh, Jesus. Don't make it sound cool. Uh, Brad Marchand led uh, Timothy Lilligren into the corner with a can opener move, leading his skate up for what I thought was a broken leg, mm-hmm. and it turns out was a high ankle sprain, but it is going to miss, uh, in Keith's words, a significant amount of time. Yeah, I mean, if anyone plays fantasy football, we are all pretty aware of what a high <laughs> ankle sprain is and how long guys are out. Usually a diagnosis on a high ankle sprain is four to six weeks, which puts Lily coming back sometime in the first, second, or third week of December. Whether they hold them out until after Christmas remains to be seen, but that yeah. is a chunk of time that we're we're going to be missing a top four D man who clearly had looked, by all accounts, like he had taken the next step. It's disheartening, mm-hmm. it's frustrating, yeah. and the way it happened, who it who it was, and the fact that Mister Wes McCauley was looking right oh, at it, it and okay. 
kept his arm away. by his side. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, it's you're right. It's not only just because the Bruins. It's not only just because it's Rabishon, and it's not, of course, because it's Wes McCauley. Like I, I, you know, I, I am on way too many group chats with uh, you know Leafs things, so I feel like sometimes I need to like. Uh, text one and then copy and then send, 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 because I, you know, have the same thought about trying to, uh, I don't know, mention what I'm talking about, but Wes McCauley is the big one where I often throw up refereeing as just like, Hey, they're flawed humans. They're going to make mistakes. They usually balance out both sides. It sucks, but there's nothing you do about it. And I usually hate complaining about refing Mm -hmm. Wes McCauley. It's happened enough now where you're like, okay, wait a second. Is there something here? Because the the very, I'm going to go with complicated history between Wes McCauley and Sheldon Keefe and, and the families. Uh, is already a huge conflict of interest. And then if you even throw all that out, the actual refereeing of the stuff that has happened on the ice while Wes McCauley has been the ref is uh, confounding. Like it is, it's mm-hmm. enough now that it is a, it's a trait. It is a genuine trend. There is a pattern here. Yes, yes. That's a better way of putting it. Yes, there is a pattern. And that, I don't know, man. If three is a pattern, what are we at now? <laughs> I don't 20, know. thousand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Googleopolis or some of that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's brutal. And so it's, it's like, it's one of those like waking nightmares where you're like, of course it's the birds. Of course it's Marshall. Of course it's West McCauley. All these things happen to happen to our young and up and coming defenseman who is playing the third most minutes on defense. Uh, that just sucks. That's such a punch in the gut. Yeah. Uh, and then the response leaf. Oh, there was mish- a response. I must've missed it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. There was and a response. Then the lack of response. Uh, oh. this is kind of what everyone's been talking about over the last few days of just like, what the fuck happened, boys? You got a little clip of, uh, Ryan Reeves chirping Marshawn while everyone else stood, sat, sat stoically staring straight ahead and, and Tyler Bertuzzi kind of shook his head and laughed. That was yeah. it. That's it. That was Good response. It. You had John Klingberg of all people throw Marshawn into the boards. That was it. Yeah, I I don't care if Ryan Reeves is. Yeah, yeah, Brad Marchand is not going to fight Ryan Reeves. This is not a thing. Like we know that. But but there are many other players in a Bruins sweater here, Ryan. There are many other players. And then when Ryan Reeves goes to the media and says, "Well, it's a shame we weren't on the ice at the same time." After that, yeah, you were for two whole fucking shifts. For two whole fucking shifts, and you did nothing. I swear I'm not going to do this every episode. I swear to God I'm not. And I I, I know there are some people at home, they're like, why do we got to talk about Ryan Reese again? But I'm just going to say, this is like the last victory lap type thing where people in the offseason were like, well, no one's going to get touched because Ryan Reeves is on the team. And you're like, it never made sense because he was going to play six and a half minutes and he was never going to be on the ice with the talented players he's hypothetically supposed to protect. We saw that in a great example with the Bruins. So if he's not scoring goals, no, he's actually one of the worst in expected goal average. But even if you said that and you're like, I don't care about advanced stats. I don't care about analytics, nerds. Stop doing that. And you're like, great. Well, then is he protecting our players? No, because we've already seen that there after immediate fight that he's had, which he's had a couple, there has been scrums immediately afterwards. We've had players hurt with no response and no one is even afraid. So where is his value on this team? What is he contributing? And why in the fuck did we trade, trade Sam Lafferty to clear cap space who has four goals so that we can play a guy who is contributing zero things to the team? That's the thing that I just feel like I'm taking crazy bills because Even if you're the biggest fan and you went, oh, I want to see him kick some ass and I want to see him put people through boards. I totally understand that. I totally understand that lizard brain idea that you want to do that. But even you need to look in the mirror and go, is he doing that? I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't know at this point, Joey. Yeah. And I was of the mindset of that excited fan looking for Ryan Reeves to fuck some shit up. That Bruins game, man. I had such a fucking sour taste in my mouth. Just basically like where, 
Where is it coming from? Because this this false narrative of yeah, he's going to protect your players. No one that that shit's not going to happen now that I'm here. Yeah, it's happening, bud. Yeah, dude. It's happening. It's all talk. And you're not doing anything yeah. about it. It's all talk. And yeah, I understand that you're not going to throw Ryan Reeves on the ice because the Bruins have last change and they're just going to throw David Pasternak right back yes. on the ice. That's fine. But it's not like the game ends there. This happened early. Yeah. yeah. There is a full game to be played where Ryan Reeves will touch the ice where a response can happen, where there are 25 other Bruins sweaters Pick someone, man. Well, and, Pick someone and put him through a wall. Honestly, I'm going from like analytics to like lizard brain stuff so fast, but like you are contributing so little to the team. Hop over the boards and punch him in the head. Get kicked out of the game. That is you contributing to the game. Because then I would look at you and go, hey, he did something. Look at that. He he that was that was vengeance and he got it, if that's what we're asking for. But when we're just expecting him to skate up and down the ice and maybe he'll pick a fight with somebody. He can't catch. He can't catch anybody. He's the slowest skater I've ever seen. No. He treats the puck like it's a hand grenade. Like every time it comes to him, he's like, "Got to get rid of that." Like, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is a nightmare." And it's just, I don't mean to throw this on the shoulders of one player. And I, I know I got sent, uh, a, I got sent this by a lot of people of going. Nick Kiprios was talking in between periods. Which, by the way, Joey, did you, <laughs> did you, Nick Kiprios is back on TV? I had no idea. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I saw. He was saying like, <laughs> it's not Ryan Reese's fault. It has to require all the players to jump in and do things. Now, while in theory, I totally understand that. I totally understand that as a theory. Mm -hmm. Which Toronto Maple Leaf team are you talking about? This is not, this is not this team. I don't, and to be perfectly honest, I don't want Austin Matthews to try and punch somebody in the head. I don't think that's a good use of his hands. I'd rather keep them not broken and scoring goals. But I just, the reason we signed Ryan Reese was because we knew Mm -hmm. that this team didn't have that moxie and we don't have either of them now. And that sucks. Guess how many hits the fourth line had against Boston? <laughs> a handful? I have no idea. Zero. Oh, for like, like zero. Come on. I speaking of the fourth line, just now that I'm talking about players that are gonna drive me crazy. Noah Gregor is uh one of the players from Mighty Ducks 2, uh the one that can't stop, because he is the fastest player I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, but he is a volume shooter. If they ever taught him to shoot the puck accurately, he would be Wayne Gretzky. It would be unbelievable. Yeah, the guy's going to get 30 breakaways a year. It's like it's unbelievable and he puts it right at the crest <laughs> like every time. Like Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Just in practice literally just get him rushing up the side and trying to finish. Oh, absolutely. Every practice. Just practice that over and over. Don't do anything else, Noah. Just rush up the side, get your breakaway and learn how to finish. Cuz I'm 11 games in and I'm already starting to do the thing where I go, "Oh, good. A break. Oh, it's no Gregor. Don't worry." <laughs> like, "Oh god." Yeah. yeah. Well, that uh, that fooled uh, Chris Cuthbert a couple games ago. He thought it was Mitch Marner. He goes, Mitch Marner in! Mitch Marner! And then I'm looking, I'm like, that's number 18. What the fuck's he talking about? <laughs> He's got people around him pointing at numbers, too. It's it's incredible when they get it wrong. Also, Chris Cuthbert, uh, that will be a conversation for later. It, Chris, Chris Cuthbert, still got it? Still got the fastball? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah I know. No, it's yeah. an uncomfortable conversation. While we're on the topic of where the fuck is shit? Mm-hmm. Where's the piss and vinegar, man? Mm. So I think, I think mm-hmm. that fans bought into names over reality. Yes. I think fans saw Bertuzzi. Yeah. Domi. Well, that's Ty's son. Well, that's Tyler's nephew. How did Ty and Tyler play? Pretty aggressively. Yeah, big tough guys. They like yeah. to fight. Yeah. They like to hit. They were just super enforcers. Yeah, we love that. Um, that is not the apple has fallen far from different orchard very far yeah yeah. different orchard yeah yeah, entirely because 
I mean, and, and if you watched Max Domi's game and Tyler Bertuzzi's game before coming to Toronto, that is their game. They mm-hmm. don't hit. They don't rough it. Like, they can get feisty. They can get in the corners. They can do all that sort of stuff. Like, a little bit of scrum stuff sure, after the whistle. Sure. They will fight on occasion, not often. Yeah. They do not hit. Their game is talent. Their game is secondary scoring. So what's pissing me off uh, is that is not here. Yeah, no, no. Like, I I bought into Tyler Bertuzzi on the first line because I thought this is probably probably going to be the most talented left winger that Matthews and Marner play with. He's going to, you know, cash in on a bunch of yep. points by playing with yep. those two. We're never going to be able to afford yep. him next year, but it's going to be a great one year. Yeah. Um, Thanks for a great year. Skill that learning. hasn't existed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that hasn't existed. Tyler Bertuzzi is behind the play. He's sloppy. Seems like he can't complete a pass. Uh, it's it's where is the offensive upside? And the same goes for Max Domi. Max Domi has had one good period in a Leafs uniform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the third period Hell against Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a pass, Max. <laughs> yeah, Hell of a pass. Go. Let's do it again, the please. Because Max Domi's game is offense. Yes. We know he doesn't bring anything defensively. We understand that he adds some sort of feistiness after the whistle. Not much, but some. We haven't seen that. No. Nope. But some. No. Nope. But we haven't seen nope. it. <laughs> but the offense. Yeah. Max Domi, I need secondary scoring. That has been the problem of this team forever. Yeah, talk about toughness with what you will. T- say this sure. team is soft. Sure. sure. Different conversation. Whatever. But – the most glaring issue on this team for years, and in my opinion, the reason we can't get over that hump is secondary scoring has been non-existent. We get what we deserve. We get what we want from the, the core four. We're not getting it from anyone else. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, and you know, while you and I would talk about this while doing the podcast, we'd be like, Pertuzzi and Domi, and everyone's like, good, toughness. And we went, no, but at least there'll be some scoring. This is really good. We're bringing in talented players to help. You know, one of them's going to play on the third line. One of them's going to probably play on the top line this is gonna be great uh they look so lost out there and i and i and i will mm-hmm. say not to like um you know not to wash it all away but like a lot of the team does look a little lost right now if they're not in the core four and i i just what what is their purpose what are, what are they trying to do are we putting them in the wrong spot because it is just not working out it's god damn it tyler Petuzzi. like max domi is john klinberg level of defensive play like he does stuff where you're like what was that what are you doing there and he's in and it's the same thing with ryan reeves max domi to fight which he's done a couple times in life has to find another 170 pound player like he has to find a similarly sized player it's not going to be a power left forward my thing that i've i'm now developing a little theory here joey that i just ultimately think we have now degraded our left wing top line left wing over the course of Matthew's career, we had Zach Hyman. Hey, that was going pretty good. He made a bunch of money and we went, no, too rich. I don't, I don't like that. And then he goes over to Edmonton. And you're like, oh shit, he's doing the exact same thing. That's pretty good. We should have afforded him. And then we go with Michael Bunting. We go, no, 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 no. We, we, we have diet Zach Hyman. Very good. And he does very well. And we're like, great. And then he go get a bunch of money in Carolina. We're like, we don't need him anymore. That's okay. And he's starting to do well. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And then we get Tyler Bertuzzi should have been the most talented of the three of them. And we're like, I miss Zach Hyman. <laughs> like we go right back to the beginning and go, okay. And if I don't miss Zach Hyman, I kind of miss Michael Bunting all of a sudden who at least, you know, of all the things we're talking about, piss and vinegar. And everyone was ready to ship that guy out on the first, you know, trip out of the queen Mary. At least that guy would, would hit somebody or would eat, you know what? Get suspended and slash somebody and like do something that was physical. I don't know what they're providing right now. And it's, uh, it's confounding. Yeah. I mean, Michael Bunting, it might've been nonsense, but at least it was something. That's contribution. And, and right now, it's nothing. Yeah. It's dead air. Yes. It's silence. Love me or um, hate me, at least do I think, something. 
Exactly. And you were brought here to fucking score, man. You were bought, he brought here to bring that depth scoring. Yeah. We haven't seen it from everyone. I was, I mean, I was the first person to jump on that new third line train. I was like, you know what? That seems like it could be balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your defensive minded David Camp, you got your offensive minded Max Domi. You've got Matthew Nyes, who can, you know, an exciting rookie who can do things at both ends of the ice. That third line has shown me nothing. Yeah. I, yeah. Zero. Yeah. And they're getting lots of opportunity. Zero. They're getting lots of opportunity. That's the thing. Like, you know, we can talk about Keefe, and I, I'm sure lots of people have lots of opinions on Sheldon Keefe. I think this podcast is pro Keefe. I think he's done nothing mm-hmm. but win as a head coach. Uh, but mm-hmm. is that he is trying to play them through this. I understand the Bertuzzi benching the other game, you know, at, and I, which yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm okay with, and you got to, you got to hold people accountable. That's totally fine. But when they're in the starting lineup, they are playing, they are, they are trying to work their way through this. And I, and I appreciate that because I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think all of a sudden we're shipping out Tyler Bertuzzi in two weeks. No. So let's work no. through things, but it does. Holy God. There is like a big black hole in this lineup. Yeah, Sheldon says, as it gets harder, as the season goes on and gets harder, Tyler's going to be an important player for us, and Tyler's going to get better. And I hope he's right, Yeah, I, because yeah. games 1 through 11, Tyler has not been an important player for us, Andrew. <laughs> no, he is not. Uh, like, what else is he supposed to say, though? Like, that's exactly what you have to say. It's not like, yeah, Tyler's really fucking yeah, up. He's going to be in the Marlies before we know it, you know, like. Of course. I mean, okay, let's get, now that we're kind of talking about Keith, let me ask you this. Yeah. Does the lack of piss and vinegar, right, that we were promised, have anything to do with Sheldon Keefe in your mind? I No, I do not. I don't think so. I think if anything we to know about Sheldon Keefe, which is like a really, you know, mixed, like it's a kind of a slippery slope argument because how much do we know about any of these people as, you know, people uh, other than from what we see. But from the things we see about Sheldon Keefe and the stories that you hear – he is a tough guy. He is a very aggressive person. And you can see that with the referees. You can see that as he's screaming at anyone that will listen and he's getting really red in the face. And it looks like a tie is like holding his body from flying out of the suit. Uh, is that <laughs> you, you, you go, Oh man, this guy. And when he was a hockey player was a pretty tough guy too. And on top of the skilled player, you go, I think this guy would love an aggressive hockey team. I think he would love if they would do more. Now, I don't believe that that is his fault that there is a lack of aggression, lack of piss vinegar. I think that might be roster construction and just who these are, who they are as people. Uh, but I don't think it's like Sheldon Keefe going like, he's not getting to the locker room and going like, hey, everyone, calm down. Let's not do anything silly. You know, like, I don't think that's him. What do you think? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. The, the, you know what? I, I'm getting into my this is egregious. Let's do it. This is egregious. This is egregious. This is fucking egregious this is egregious as we all know leaf nation's fucking ridiculous Uh no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction (laughs) so this segment is to highlight how ridiculous and egregious toronto media can get Mm -hmm. in its hogwash so keith this this is this is the narrative right keith is telling his players not to respond so these these guys who who have these these grit to them mm-hmm. and, and come over to Toronto and all of a sudden lose it, it's because of Keith. It's because of Sheldon Keith. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah, yeah. such bullshit. <laughs> that is such bullshit. Yeah. Sheldon Keith said it his health. Wow, said it himself. I hated everything about it. Yes. Talking about the lack of a response. Yeah, it's about being disciplined, but I want to see something. Sure. And the fact that you're you're, you know, Creating this out of thin air that the reason that these guys are not responding because Sheldon Keefe is your coach. Yeah. That is, 
That's just not true. No, no, it's not. People always do that thing where like, it's like, you know, we always talk about the end justifies the means. Usually that means that we've seen a result. So we assume how it was processed, right? So we see there was no response. So we look back and we go, what could have possibly done that? And we look at the head coach and go, well, you must have told them not to do that. No one knows that for sure. And I think it's ridiculous to think about anything we know about Sheldon Keefe to think that that would be his response. He's got Guy Boucher next to him and Sheldon Keefe, those two probably fist fight for fun. They have like a weird little fight club in the coach's room. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to assume that they're like, hold off guys. Let's just like go for pedicures afterwards. Like shut up, get the hell out of here. It's a made up yeah. narrative, Joey. It drives me crazy. It is a made up narrative that leads into the fire Keefe narrative. Ugh. where you are just like, listen sure. to me. <laughs> you're not going to fire a coach when your record is sitting around 500 in the first month of the season though. No. Yeah. It's also one of the winningest like, coaches in NHL history. Like it's uh percentage wise. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, sure, maybe you have a little more to your argument if this is like an Edmonton Oilers type start where you're like 2-7-1. and one, Yes. And you're like, okay, nothing's really sticking. Absolutely. Like, it's not happening. I understand a four-game losing streak is a, is a great way to get everyone panicking, yep. especially in Toronto. But, like, just this team loves to go on a run in November. <laughs> And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I, I I would also agree with you. We've shown slower starts in the last couple of years, and especially in October. And I think maybe that's something you can talk about and go like, hey, we got it. You can't keep uh, starting slow. Totally, they, that's valid. I totally understand that. But I just don't think it's also like, this is the first year we've seen this and go like, oh shit, we got to get this. We got to bail out of this because we're in a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Okay, relax. Yeah, whatever. That's egregious. That is so egregious. My egregious mm-hmm. is going to be from the article, Why William Nylander is Choosing to Stay in Toronto, says a lot about the Maple Leafs, written by local idiot and self-hating Torontonian Catholic Kelly. Uh, I can't stand Catholic Kelly. I can't believe he writes about sports and occasionally about whatever he feels like. But in the article comes this exact quote, except Nylander's not going to leave. Why would he? He's never going to have it this easy anywhere else. Now, <laughs> the assumption in that mm-hmm. sentence is that we, Toronto, the media, and the fans – uh, are obviously very easy on our players. And because Nylander has been playing poorly, uh, that's the only allowance that we've, you know, obviously we don't care. So we're allowing you to play poorly. Go get your money. That is totally fine. What? Yeah, 11 game point streak. Yeah. So poor. Yeah. So poor. Yeah, also like we're super chilled. The two of us just on our free time doing a podcast about the Leafs because, you know, we don't care. And it's, it's well, who cares? Whatever. It's so easy. It's easy. It's so easy. And this is the easiest. It's easy city. to play here. Yeah. Phoenix, tough. Dude, oh my God. They roast you. They, oh, it's yeah. tough. Columbus, terrible. Oh my God. They wrote Arizona media. Oh, I, I, I'm not my worst enemy. Do I pray that that happens to them? Yet, I just don't understand any part of that sentence. It is not easy to play here. He is also not playing. He's playing well and very well. And, and he wants to stay. And we're trying to create a narrative out of why would he want to stay? Why would he want to stay? And it's just like Catherine Kelly hates the city of Toronto. He hates the Toronto he grew up in. We've seen that in multiple articles. There was that, remember that one from last year, you and I just kept passing back and forth about yes. uh, why we're not a world-class city. And it was because we don't have an architecture school. <laughs> yeah. So this is the, this is also the, uh, you know, uh, the, the absolute the Nobel level of literature that he's writing here. So I just, this is the kind of stuff that sets people off. And I understand is trying to get a response. We are talking about a skip Bayless level writer. That is yeah. just the second I give the oxygen I'm that is coming out of my mouth. I understand that I am giving this guy life, but at the same time, this is what is wrong with the Toronto media. And it's almost remarkable that William Nylander would want to stay considering the absolute nonsense that people like Catholic Kelly write about him. Yeah, I mean, like we said last week, William Nylander's the perfect guy to play in Toronto because he doesn't care. Absolutely. The re- I mean, like, you can't see, you can't say that he's never going to have it easy anywhere else, beca- this easy anywhere else, because William Nylander's taken more shit 
then I think anyone in this generation of Leafs, yeah, I would agree with like, you by a mile. Yeah, I would by agree. A with you. Mile. Yes, he's 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 your uncle's least favorite player. That's that's William Nylander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Since he got drafted, and I feel like a broken record. Since he got drafted, people were wondering why we didn't draft Nick Ritchie instead. Then obviously the contract holdout gave people more ammo. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just hasn't stopped. And only last year did some people start changing their tune. I know. And now this year, uh, with a franchise record 11-game point streak, point streak to start the season, still hasn't changed Mr. Kelly's tune. So uh, moving fucking on. Yeah, I, honestly, Kelly it's so egregious. It, it, there's, there's ones where it's egregious. I end uh laughing and like yelling and stuff like that this is the one where i'm like eh, okay what an idiot <laughs> like moving on i don't want yeah, i don't want to give this time. guy any more space big time looking forward uh the leafs just started their first of a five game homestand so a 6-4 loss to buffalo obviously mm-hmm. is the way that gets underway but four home games on tap this week a nice Ooh. this is the first week with four games uh, during a week yet this season, so that's fun. Nice. Leafs hockey is always fun. A nice little back-to-back Friday, Saturday versus the Flames and the Canucks. Battle of Ontario on Wednesday is always fun. And yeah. Monday, we got the Lightning. That's Monday, we got the Lightning. Th- the newest rivalry, the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's this feels like one of those ones where if we didn't need a win already, which we do, we got your four-game losing streak, you need a win, and now it's the Lightning, and it doubles down into being more important just, um, you know, mentally, uh, emotionally. You know, you want to beat the Lightning, mm-hmm. uh, as always. So it should be a very exciting game. Yeah, I'm kind of upset with just the way we've played at home. We were such a good home team. We've been such a good home yes. team over yes, the past few years. Last year especially, we were mm-hmm. such a good home team. Uh, we're under 500 at home to start in – just not something you want. You want to take care of your own business in your own barn, and yeah. it hasn't happened. Yeah. Encouraging to see them go on the road and play a little better, but you still need to take care of those wins at home, and it hasn't happened yet, yeah. save for those two games to start the season against mm-hmm. Montreal and Minnesota. Um, I, I, blame, so, I blame the goal song, but yeah, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny that we all cared about that for so long. Oh, I know. And now it's like in the past, and it's like, who cares? I was out last night care. at a bar with lots of people and uh, the King Kid Cudi song came on and I just sat there for a half a second while everyone was jumping up and down and went, oh, we really fucked up. We really fucked this one up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, These first two games, and I mean, yeah, last night, or I guess while people are listening to this two nights ago, Saturday night was a big game. The Atlantic Division, you need to take care of business mm-hmm. against your divisional rivals, especially at home. So losing at Buffalo really leaves a sour taste in your mouth. You need to come back and bounce back against Tampa. Like, you can't let this go to five in a row here. Wheels start coming off at that point in time, especially when this happens at home. Um, you know Tampa's going to give us their best. You know Ottawa's going to give us their best especially Ottawa, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because of what's going, what's on. going on over yeah. there right yeah. now. So and and that was the same with Buffalo. Buffalo had just lost what, five one to Philly. So you knew they were gonna bring it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, and yeah. where where is the where is the response? I, I understand Austin Matthews had a hat trick and the first line played incredibly, but three players isn't a whole team, man. So we just need a cohesive response up and down the lineup. And Austin said it after the game last night. It just hasn't happened. We haven't seen a full, complete game yet. 
we and we haven't, and it's so funny that we can talk about this whole episode. We can get through all the news and all the recaps and stuff like that, and we didn't even talk about Austin Matthews having his third hat trick in ten games. Yeah, and because uh, we just you know we just assume greatness from him, and he is he's amazing, and so it almost becomes a little uh, you know boring to go like, well, he played great, and you're like, yeah, okay, how about that? You know, and the other one that we didn't talk about too is like uh, you know Big Sapling himself, you know the new GM. You worry that you know you worry <laughs> <Big> that <laughs> you like that. You worry that uh, yeah. that losing continues and he's, he might have to feel like he makes a, a, a choice or makes a decision to do something a little bit um, drastic because he's so mm-hmm. new to this and he doesn't owe these players anything. Right. So like it might be, we mm-hmm. might see changes. I personally don't want to see that. So I'd love to see some winning. Yeah. Just get back on track, man. When was the last time other than Austin Matthews, first game where someone on the Leafs scored three goals and we lost, or at least three goals. Oh, that's a really good. That's yeah. We should we should go to our stats department if, for that one. If I had to guess, yeah. I would say it's Austin Matthews' first game. I can't remember the last time we saw a hat trick and and a loss. loss. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, probably it probably is that game. Yeah, that's just like so disheartening, so deflating. I know. Well, hat tricks just don't happen very often. You know what I mean? And then we had three in 10 games. So, you know, how about that? Unbelievable. Oh man. Okay. Unbelievable. Joey, are you feeling smart? Is it time for the numbers game? I think it's time. (laughs) A game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember Leafs from eras past and what number they wore. Joey is currently 12 for 12, but each player he gets wrong between now and the all-star break, Joey will donate $10 to the, you can play project foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all that participate in sports. You ready to go? Oh God. <laughs> I feel like we've, we've, we've now hit what? So 12 players. Yeah. We're going to get to the point where the fourth liner from the nine from 1999 is going to come up and I'm going to have no idea. I'm going to be like, who's that? <laughs> oh, you're lucky if we get to that. I think it's gonna be like 1974 and uh, the backup goaltender. Um, <laughs> who was back? Who was Mike Palmatier's backup? Uh, okay. Let's start off. So we do two a week. Uh, usually the first one's a little bit easier and the second one gets a little bit harder. The first one oh this week is going to be Brian Burrard. Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure he wore 34. Let's check. Did he wear 34? He did. He is the precursor to yeah. Austin Matthews. Correct. Joey is now yeah. one. Well, no, he's not the precursor to Austin Matthews because James Reimer is the precursor oh, to Austin yes, Matthews. Right. <laughs> the precursor. The... <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Joey, one for one, now 13 for 13 on the season. Let's go for number two. Uh, I was thinking about let's it because of our, uh, our talk about announcers last week. And I thought, well, let's bring up one of our favorite announcers right now, Mike Johnson. Oh, 20. It is 20. Joey is two for two again, yeah. bringing you to 14 for 14 for the season. Incredible <laughs> work. Incredible work. Wow. Mike Johnson's sister was my gym teacher when I was 12 years old. <laughs> There's always such a good gem with these. That is fair. Yep. Okay. Mike Johnson's sister. Well, that's of course why I like, like Mike Johnson a lot. I, I think do too. Mike Johnson is, is one of the bright spots in, uh, in Leafs media. And uh, he's like kind of like the only Homer, the closest thing to a Homer broadcaster that we have, which, you know, every other team gets, we don't get. We don't get that. I like Mike Johnson a lot. I think he's really smart. And and I, uh, I got your number, buddy. 20, 20. And there you go. Joey continuing 14 for 14. Incredible stuff. Uh, we'll try and get him next week. <laughs> Shit, man. I'm just like, it's makes me more nervous as we go. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh, let's get to some NHL news. Okay. Not much on the docket here, but I think it's worth talking about the San Jose Sharks are historically bad. Like, oh, historically bad. San Jose. 
historically bad. You know, it's so funny as a, as a person holding a ticket for San Jose to have the worst record in the NHL, which by the way, was only a plus 300 bet. So you got all 32 teams and it was only plus wow. 300 because everyone knew that they're going to be bad. But even that being said, they, I don't think people saw it being this, this bad. Yeah. Like you understand this team isn't going to be good. So you're like, Mike Greer should keep his job no matter how bad oh, this is going to get. Yeah. I think this was the point, but, wasn't it? Like oh. they were supposed to be bad. Yeah, 10 goals, two games in a row. I've never seen that before. Oh is that the first God. time in NHL history? It's got to be. It's got to be. My goodness. They need, what they need is to come into Toronto. San Jose <laughs> needs to come into Toronto on a night like last night and uh, get back in the win column because that's that's the type of games that, that goalies that we don't know their names play like they're Patrick Waugh. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, they, they light the world on fire. But San Jose, historically bad. On the other side of things, yeah, Vegas. Mm-hmm. Wow. Seven wow. nothing against Colorado? Holy smokes. And I, like we could talk about San Jose losing by a lot of goals. And that is to be expected. And it's still sad. Colorado is very good. And they are playing very well. Man, Vegas is defending their championship with, with something. This is, this is a real thing. Yeah, Vegas taking a page out of Tampa's book, taking a page out of Pittsburgh's book, taking a page out of Detroit's book. The back-to-backers, they are hungry and ready to go. And it would be nice turning this back on Toronto. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're Vegas, and I'm not saying we're even close to Vegas or what Vegas has accomplished. But it would be nice to see our team, who on paper is solid and has had loads of regular season success, just dominate a team. And I understand I said this like 20 minutes ago. But I just want to see it so bad. Like, I will feel so good. I'm going tomorrow night. Very excited. Ah. Going into that building against Tampa and seeing a beautiful dominating win against a team that pisses us off. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be nice? Just emotional domination. Just like, just we dominate them and we can celebrate while doing it. And we're feeling good. We're throwing hits. I'll, I will say ever, I'll take back all the words possible when Ryan Reese breaks. I don't know. Pat Maroon's not there anymore. So whatever, somebody next, next guy ups, mm-hmm. you know, John, you're like, Hey, what a great win. That was so Tanner Janelle. Tanner Janelle. Perfect example. Yes. Uh, you know, that, that would be so good. And, you know, I guess that's usually, we usually end the episodes on what we want to see this week, but I think we're on the same page. We just want to see a, a 60 minute game, a really dominant game. And we, can, you know, something we can build off of. Yeah. I've said that three weeks in a row. Third time's a charm, baby. Let's Third time's go. A charm. Before we go, yeah. before we go, I want to ask you from the goaltending side of things. Oh, okay. You look at these four games as a whole for the week. Do you go in, if you're Sheldon Keefe, do you go in with a plan and you say, okay, this is who's starting these four games. Or are you going to, do you play it by ear and see who kind of responds? Cause you got to think Sammy's Sammy's getting the net against. I that, think but. Sammy's going to get the net. Yeah. I, we haven't seen the announcement yet. We're by the time we're recording uh, on Sunday here that we haven't seen that, but uh, I assume Sammy's getting it after Saturday, yeah. which was not great by wall. I think you're going to, you're going to see a split. I just, I wonder where, like if you start doing a Sammy lightning and then wall sends and then the back-to-back you're splitting up between the two of them. That would make sense to me, but especially with the back-to-back happening, I think you have to kind of go with the natural split. Yeah. I think if I was a betting man, I think you're seeing Sammy on Monday against the lightning. I think you're seeing Joe wall Friday against the flames. Okay. I think you're seeing Sam Sammy Saturday against the Canucks who are and playing. The interesting great. one is Wednesday. Yeah. They are playing very great. Yeah. Uh, the interesting one is Wednesday against Ottawa. I think you're going to see Sammy. Oh, you think he'll be back, eh? I think so. Like, I, I was down to praise Joe Wall, and I, I still am. Like, again, mm-hmm. this is just all I want to see is our goalies playing well, right? Yep, like, yep. just give the net to whoever's playing well. And that was very encouraging 
from Sammy in Boston. And I'm not saying now, oh, Joe Wall lets in five in an empty netter. Yeah, that <laughs> it, his chance is over. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, like this is this is not just on Joe Wall at all. But I think you go into the season, Sammy finally shows you something. Yeah, against Boston, very encouraging game. And I think okay, you give him the net against Tampa. He played great against Tampa in, in the first round of the playoffs. And then I think you get you try to give him a, a second game in a row, and then obviously the back-to-back you split. That's what I would do. I mean, I ain't no yeah. Sheldon Keefe, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, as much as like you know, giving up that many goals, uh, six goals, excuse me, uh, against Buffalo is not great. Uh, I don't really like <laughs> throw it completely on Wall's feet. Like you know what I mean? We just talked no, about no, defense no. earlier, um, so it's not like we're like, well, we're abandoning this plan. Back to Sammy. Here we go. I still think you give him both shots and you kind of go from there. But I like I like your plan, and and we'll probably uh, have a chance to report back next week but this episode is coming out on monday i just want to say because it's joey's birthday so wish joey a happy birthday wherever you can wherever if you can find him on social media good for you you're a better detective than sherlock holmes i'm not on it you're not on it i'm not on it (laughs) so so yeah so uh, happy birthday to joey and hope we get a win on monday night for him yeah a little birthday present the wife is taking me to the leaf game beautiful beautiful exciting here we go All right. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have. But if you've made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Thank you so much for listening. Go Leafs go, baby. Go Leafs go. And happy birthday, Joey. You can follow us on Twitter at GoodBudsPod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to GoodBudsPod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Friend. Adelaide is available wherever you find music. I hope you feel better like you wanted to then. haven't talked I know we haven't talked in a while but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair Styles Productions. Get in!